0: Hello, Explorers. I'm Pamela Ricchia, and this is episode number 166 of the podcast. It's the 6th of March, 2019, as I record this intro. And this week, we have part two of my conversation with Sue Patterson about unschooling and the teen years. We didn't plan on spanning two episodes, but as I mentioned last week, it turned out that we had a lot to say. I hope you find some helpful nuggets in our extended conversation. As a personal update, I am actually getting pretty tired of talking about the weather. (laughs) We're in another prolonged cold snap. Now things are supposed to warm up to mere freezing temperatures by the weekend, though at this point I am too cold to cross my fingers. But otherwise, it's been a pretty quiet week. And just a quick heads up, we're opening registration for the Childhood Redefined Online Unschooling Summit next month, and we're only opening it twice this year. I'll talk about it more in the upcoming weeks, but if you can't wait, you can go to childhoodredefined.com to learn more. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work like this podcast and my website through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patrons, Hugh Lassen and Shani Malkiel. I hope I got that right, Shani. (laughs) And thanks to Karen and Blathnade for increasing their pledges. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is vital to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. The March desktop wallpaper will be going out to patrons in the next few days, as will the official audiobook edition of What is Unschooling? If you'd like to join our community and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now, let's dive back into my conversation with Sue. Okay, now let's dive into the later teen years. So the second kind of, the second place where I typically, you know, see uh, challenges come up for parents and the transition into young adulthood. So at this point, the societal expectations can get really daunting for both us and for them. So let's start with that ubiquitous question. What about college? And let's ask that of ourselves first, right? Some parents who've chosen unschooling for their kids growing up do expect them to go to college, but that, you know, we've been talking about expectations throughout this whole thing, and that can sometimes cause friction. And it's so important for us to ask, is college the necessity that it's made out to be, you know, and and how there's no right or wrong answer here, right? Certainly from the team's perspective. That's kind of where we might be able to get through, get to as parents. But how can we find our way through this question of
1: what about college? Yeah, I think it's a lot of that personal work, too, you know, that you've got to look at what do you consider success? What do you think success a successful teen year ends in what? You know, do you think it ends in college? Do you think it ends in a great career, a great relationship? I mean, do you think that success, you know, even as I'm saying that, I'm starting to think maybe we just need to pull that out of our language altogether because just like we, yeah, yeah, just like we went from childhood teen years to teen years to young adulthood did we say that a successful childhood <laughs> we don't say that we don't say that so why can't we just say they are living and growing and loving and learning <laughs> well yeah and I they mean, are I'm doing like, it do, all, why
0: all of a sudden do we get to define what their success
1: looks like right I think that's ego on our part I think that we want to be able I think that A lot of, you know, you think about, I always think of Facebook as such an interesting, like, view on, you know, cross-section of parents, you know, where you can, and clearly that a lot of people view success as um, college to great career. Well, first of all, we know that college doesn't mean great career. (laughs) The fact of the matter is a lot of people don't even. Do what they went to college for. So I think that when we start to dismantle some of that society expectation of what it, what is success look like, and instead remember that from an unschooling standpoint, we don't we don't get to pick for them what is going to be successful or not successful or what their path is going to be. And we I mean. I know, I'm, well, I'm next week I turn 58. And um, I can tell you that there will be many job changes all throughout life, careers, giant career shifts. And so let's not get all like bent out of shape over getting that college degree. And if you find yourself saying, they gotta have that college degree, why? Why? Does it matter to what they wanna be? You know, they want to be a doctor. Okay, they're going to have to have a college degree. Um, so then you do the stuff that needs to happen to get there. But you don't have to, I think that, oh, this is such a huge topic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the, the, the success part is huge because we have to kind of dismantle that mentally for ourselves. Uh, that it is okay whatever they choose, it is okay that they don't choose. It is okay that they wait to choose. There is no pressure to make a decision until you're ready to make the decision. And when you take that pressure away, then you can make decisions. Sometimes that pressure is what's immobilizing everybody, you know. And so I think that um, we have to kind of look at the reality of our life in this society some careers take college need college degrees and some do not and they are not one is not better than the other you know i know people without college degrees and they make way more than the people i know with college degrees so that's not a factor you know it's i mean i think that we have a lot of a lot of money in the world goes towards making sure we all think that college degrees are the answer. <laughs> and I think we have to be good consumers. You know, we have to really think about, is that really how I want to spend my money? Is this really what we want? It may be. You may have money to burn and you just want them to have the experience and they want to do it and, okay, that's fine. I don't really know very many people like that. But... Um, I think, I think we have to kind of try to get off that conveyor belt to college and really think about what, what are the next steps that are going to happen and what's necessary. Because I think a lot of parents of teenagers end up thinking they have to spend those teen years prepping for college, that if they don't get ready, then that door will close, and they won't have that as an option. So they may be, okay, so I'm fine with the idea of that college, maybe yes, maybe no, but I don't want the door to close. I don't want them to come to me at 17 and say, um, you didn't prepare me, and now I can't be a doctor. (laughs) Well, that's a a great point, Uh, you know.
0: That's kind of part of the next question. What if they do decide they want to go to college? You know, how can, how can we help with that? Because I know that's part of your experience too. And so I just want to, you know, reiterate your point that I think, again, it is our work to do just to question why we might be holding this expectation that, um, college is it. Like, that they need to go to college, that it is the only path. There we go. That it's the only path um, forward for, we go back to that word success, right? I and know. I know. Why That's why the hardest is, thing. Yeah. And, and why is it, you know, the only way, why is it so important to you? It like, these are all questions and, and there's no right or wrong answers. Truly. This is your own family. It's understanding yourself and, and and where these things are coming from and then
1: understanding- i think a, i think a little of it though is con- is school conditioning okay. i think okay. that school completely conditions us to believe to stay in school go to college you will be the straight a student you will be the one who succeeds in life yeah i think that's and, what you're going to find yeah. when you answer so- that All the kids have heard that growing up and we have certainly heard that growing up. And then we have heard it reinforced year after year after year. And, um, you know, when your
0: kids get to that late teen years, they're asked that all the time, right? What college are you going to, you know, what are you going to do? Like you were talking about all the different careers and everything. We're still fixed. You know, what are you going to be? You know, like as in there's only ever one thing, you know, Go to college, mm-hmm. be with whoever you're going to be, and yeah, I got to tell
1: you, my my daughter, who's a hairstylist, um, she is actually making more money than my college graduates. Mm-hmm. But she often has clients sit in her chair and say, "Well, this is all fine and good, but what are you going to go back to school? Are you going to go to college? Are you going to like what she's doing?" Isn't good enough yeah. or isn't a legit career and shh, you know it's a pretty legit career <laughs> and um I think it's weird and it's weird how I think it is a judgment I was just thinking should it. I say it but they're not gonna watch this so. <laughs> um <laughs> it's so intrusive to 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 make that kind of a judgment call on somebody and it is because we believe in society this is the right way this is the eh way and we just assume that everybody is in complete agreement with us mm-hmm. you know and that's not and i think that i think that when we think, well, why do I think that? Well, that's one of the reasons why, because all of society kind of inundates us with this idea that you you better go to college. Do you want to to anything? You know? And oh, that's, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I wanted to touch on that question of, you know, people who might be worried that they're closing the door, that their child as teen needs to be uh-huh. prepping for this possibility, right? Right. So can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, No.
1: You don't have to prep. (laughs) You know, no prep required. And so somebody says, well, they're not going to just learn algebra on their own. Kids that really love math probably will. Lots of us are actually learning algebra all the time. You know, we're learning algebraic concepts all the time. When we're deciding how long do we have to – how long do we have until we have to get somewhere and do I have enough gas in the car? And can I go a little, I mean, those are all just algebraic equations that we're figuring out and we have somehow made them like some big deal. But the truth of the matter is that if, if somebody wants, if somebody decides I want to be, such and such and they really want to maybe they've done an internship in it they've talked to a lot of people they know they like this a lot they can take classes they can take classes online they could take community college classes they can do what they need to do they don't have to sit there and work their way through all the key to workbooks so that they know percentages and they know where decimals are real life is Giving them some opportunities to purchase things and to add things up and to make guesses about stuff. And when they go to take a community college class and they have to do the placement exam, it will tell them where they need to be. And it may not be you're going to start at this level up here. You may start down here. And that's okay, too, because then they'll teach it to you. And so one of the things that Katie said when she went and she did what she considered really poorly on the placement exams, because this was a kid that really spent, I mean, she had jobs, so she was making money and out in the world, but she also spent a lot of time on acting and dance and voice and um, theater. And so she was doing nothing as far as that kind of prep that people would do for, for college. And so when she went to take the placement exam, she didn't score that well. And at first she was like, really felt bad. And, and, you know, I was trying to figure out, okay, I don't know how to handle this, you know? And so we went back the next year and the counselor said, you know, you could just take the classes. You don't even have to retake the test. And so she said, well, then that's what I'll do. And she did. And she said, mom, I traded three semesters of developmental classes for 12 years of school. And I sat in a classroom filled with people who never got to be in a theater production because they were so busy in school. And there they are sitting in the place in the same place that I'm sitting in. Yeah.
0: That is one of the hugest things for people to remember is because if you, you know, you've been unschooling for years and, and you decide that you want to go to college, You don't, comparing yourself to people who have trained for this for 12 years is, is, I mean, it's like apples and oranges, right? It's not like you were sitting around doing nothing. Like she said, she's been doing voice, all these, uh, they have, just because they aren't things that are on this particular test or curriculum, right? Right. They've right. been learning so much, and they've been learning about yeah. themselves. I think Adrian on a recent episode, she said that was one of the big things she noticed is that she understood herself. She didn't even really know through all those years on schooling that she was learning about herself, but that's what she figured right. out when uh, she was in an environment where kids, teens, young adults had not had the opportunity to have that time. Understand themselves, so you know, thinking, Oh, they're behind. Never, they're not behind, they're only behind if you compare them to the school system. But they're just jumping in now, and this is something they want to do now. And if they take, you know, some developmental courses. To catch up, like she said, she'll take these few courses over a year and a half versus twelve years of being in there. Right. You know, it's, right. It's being able to make our choices in the moment, and instead of spending all that time, you know, prepping for what if. Yeah. You know, prepping
1: and for what all if that time before it. their brain is even ready. Yep. You know, so so you're here. You are saying, okay, I want to look. A college graduate. I don't care what he studies. I don't care what he does. But I want to raise college graduates. So we will start prepping at age fourteen. <laughs> and what's happening is your mothers well. I mean, they might as well be in school. I mean, they they you know the the point of unschooling is to help them direct their life course. Now, as parents, we can kind of manipulate the situation so that they think their only option for a successful life is that college path. So we kind of have to guard against that. You know, it's not the only option. And so like sometimes we have to, you know, as unschooling parents, we tend to prioritize the relationship, prioritize the idea that they're going to be making the choices they need to make, and I know that the question then comes up of, okay, but they don't even know not they don't even know what they don't know, you know, so they don't realize they're they're gonna um, be shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to becoming something because they didn't do any of the prep work. Okay, if you have a kid that say the kid wants to be a vet. Or say the kid in the end is going to be a vet. What probably happened during those teen years is they did a lot of stuff with animals. And maybe they showed up at a vet clinic. Or maybe they worked at the Humane Society. Or maybe they um, worked at an animal hospital and walked the dogs. Or they rubbed shoulders with other vets. You know, They started to see other you know ways that they could do that. So they were logging in real life experiences that you don't really you don't get at all if you go to school. Yeah. But they get to start to amass those where they can feel good about I like this part of it and not this part of it. Well I thought I wanted that, but I don't really want that. I want it more like this. And then when they decide, okay, I'm seventeen or eighteen, I would like to to become a whatever they can take the community college class and they'll teach it to them so that they can then transfer over. Nobody at vet school cares what your 14-year-old was doing. Mm -hmm. Although, if when you are doing an admissions thing and you get to say, I worked at this dog training, you know, I did all of these (coughs) kind of animal-related things, you suddenly stand out. You look great. You look like a, a potentially much more higher likelihood that you're going to be successful in their college because you know what you're after <laughs> as opposed to some kid that just sat through school in 12 years and they said oh I want to be a marine biologist even though I live in Kansas <laughs> and I've never been out in the ocean um, the odds are we don't really know whether you're going to be successful at this <laughs> So I think when they get to do the things that are inter- that are interesting to them, and then they move in that direction, and then they take the higher level courses that they need to take, they didn't have to take percentages, and you know they didn't have to write a research paper. They will write them in college. It will be okay. They will do fine. Just figure it out. It's, yeah, you yeah. Figure it out. They didn't out. have and to have. That's what they've been they doing have their, have their to whole life. Make Yeah, or at age eight, write a book report because you know that's the step towards the research paper, which is the only way to get into the college. No, this is all totally artificial. This is all just something school made up and sold to us. It's not true. Yeah, anybody can be anything, and they didn't have to do years and years of prep work to get there. There's even if they. 17 decide, I'm going to take an SAT. I want the freshman year experience. Maybe they would want that. Maybe. And if they do, then they would take the SAT study guide, and they would just work their way through it. Exactly. It's okay. It doesn't take that long to do, you know? Because now, now, if now it's your choice. June, yeah, and if you're in June and you're like, I want the freshman experience this fall, um, No, I'm probably not gonna be able to pull that off. <laughs> but you
0: know what? That's a little less likely because, as you say, you know, it organically grows in that direction over years. You know, you can you can see as you look back, you can see the threads that are leading in that direction. It's unlikely that it's going to be a last-minute 90-degree turn.
1: Right, right. And I mean, right.
0: if it is, it is, and, and you deal with it, but it is highly unlikely. Something else probably came in right. that influenced that 90-degree turn. Like, it's not just right. going to happen out of the blue. Something something will have motivated it or been uh-huh. behind it, and you may not see that for, for ages. But, yeah, right. I mean, when it's their choice, even if it's not something super fun – they have a goal. They have an aspiration. They have a reason for wanting to get through that. And that is the motivation. And they will learn so much faster rather than, you know, seeing it as an obligation or something
1: I need to do. Well, and in fact, we end up creating obstacles. If we make a kid do something way before they're ready to, way before they see value in it, then when the time comes that they need to do it, then they kind of have all that resistance to it because they've had all these years of having this really unfun thing going Mm -hmm. on in their world. And, and, um, you know, I think that sometimes people think, well, how are they going to buckle down and do it? If, um, if they've never had to do that before. And the truth is, All of us buckle down and do whatever we have to do if we decide we want it. And you know know? what? I bet they have done it, and we just haven't
0: recognized it. They've buckled down. Yeah, how many times even when they're playing their
1: computer games, that they stayed with something because they wanted the next level. It wasn't that they really liked this part of it, but they stayed with it because they knew there was something on the other side they wanted.
0: So they're learning
1: how to do that. You yeah. Know, That's the, not
0: something you have to train for. That's something that happens no, naturally.
1: I love that phrase that you're using about training for it. There's no training. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to train for it. Exactly. And in fact, the only, the only thing there, Kathy Earl wrote this great article um, about um, how, how we have this chunking that happens, you know, in our brains and it allows us to have hooks so that When If we've had lots of life experiences as a child and as a younger teen, then when we're older teens and we're taking a more abstract approach at learning something, we have all these real life experiences to hook into to have it make more sense. Sense to us, and that's what school kids don't have a lot of, and that's why a lot of us can remember our school experience as like, oh no, I just was like trying to make it through, it made no sense to me whatsoever. And because there was no like something to hook it into, you know,
0: yeah, no connection oh, okay. to your real life to for it to mm-hmm. okay, yeah, that, that's a great point. I, and I oh, now I forgot what, what it was. So sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay with that. That, that okay. is a huge piece is because, you know, when they're choosing college um, as something that they want to do, not as in here's all the college courses and you get to choose which one you do, <laughs> but
1: <Right. laughs> yes, right.
0: I want to pursue it. Looks like I might enjoy taking that path. The college path, right? And if people are worried, I loved your math example way back when because I had Alec uh, Trossett on the podcast and he did not, he just went to college you know, he didn't prep for it and now I think he's doing his masters in the math related program, you know you don't need all that prep work just in case but wanting something for yourself is, is, is a, is a great way, great motivation to get, to get through it. And, and, you know, I mean, I think he started at a community college and then moved to different college. That's the whole thing. You know, there's no um, right way. One way. There's no wrong way. That's what I'm saying. Right. There's no wrong way to do it. If things come up, we find Mm -hmm. a way. For them to work for us right. and and we're so yeah. motivated at that point okay okay um now I wanted to jump to the bigger picture i like that was pretty big picture but <laughs> let's ah. get to another comment and I I love this question um that comes from unschooling parents of teens how can we help and support yeah. them as they grow up and into the world so yes we just dove deep into that college question But there are so many other possibilities, right? Like getting a job or traveling or transitioning into paid work in their interest or or passion field and so on. There's so many other choices, possibilities. Um, And not only, this is something that's really interesting for me, not only around choosing what to do, but exploring who they are as a person and young adult. So I was hoping you could share a bit about how you supported your kids as they moved through these choices and transitions. Like it's not all about college. I think, I think generally it's kind of the same because as unschooling parents, we're supporting them and helping them through all their different choices. But let's just talk a little bit about
1: how we can do that, how we can help them. Well and I think that a lot of it is is kind of a continuation of what we always have done in that you look at that kid in front of you whether that kid is 14 or 24 or what you know you look at that kid in front of you and you see what do they need what do they do what do they need to do for themselves what do I need to help them with What what is interesting to them? What what more exposure? You know, because I still have more life experience than them. What exposure do I need to give to them so that they can start to make some choices for their life? And I think that so transitioning, transitioning can look really different. And sometimes it's a super, super long path. And it has to do with just living together and being okay with their choices and being, um, helping them figure out, I don't know, where do you want to go next? What do you want to do? And and without actually asking that, because I think that sometimes we think of that and then it's, I don't know. And, and <laughs> so instead, our job is to observe enough that we can kind of, toss something out there and say, hey, do you want to, let's go to such and such. And they can be like, all right. (laughs) And then you get to see, you know, are they interested in it or not interested in it. And um, I don't think that we have to, you know, I think all three of my kids, and they knew where they wanted to go. It was just my job to help give them resources to, how to do that. And, and for me to not try to say, I think you should do this, you know? And I think that that's, it's really undermining when you do that, because what happens is then they, that what their choice, what they'd like to do, they realize that you're not crazy about that choice. And so they either have to risk not getting your approval or being the rebel and depending on their personality, you know, it just (laughs) depends on which way that will go. (laughs) But, um, but I think that it's, it's, you know, I'm just trying to think of each of those, uh, the, the, the course that they took, I just supported where they wanted to go and i didn't have my own agenda of what should happen next because really nature takes care of that nature moves them out of the house even if finances move them back in sometimes <laughs> because that happens too but it's okay you know you just you move you you support them where they are and the more they get used to making decisions for themselves then then you are just there to help them you know so I think that like Michael wanted to travel from an early age you know we had an exchange student when he was 12 and so by 16 he was going to Japan because he wanted to be an exchange student and then he wanted to do more cultural community service stuff and that he decided he wanted to be in the Peace Corps and then he discovered he really had to have college for that and um, because they require a college degree and so he got one (laughs) you know and so my job was to kind of help him figure out how to make those paths Katie wanted to be an actress always wanted to be an actress and you know that is not a career that Somebody that's looking for something that's a nice, steady, stable career. <laughs> and, um, but does it make her happy? Yes. So, is that the goal to do what makes, you know, to help them have a happy life? Yeah. And so, does she have some skills that she can make enough money if there's no acting gig? Yeah is she driving an Uber sometimes? Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's okay. You know, something about when you think back about your own twenties or, or, you know, you were, you made all kinds of choices that led you to where you are now. Your kids are going to too, and that is okay. And it is far more important that they know that they have a parent that supports them and says, Hey, you can make that choice. Let's, let's go that way. And that works. So I don't know how I got there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, I think one thing,
0: um, you know, the different possibilities, you know, as, as the question was getting a job or traveling or that kind of stuff how do we support that? It's it's supporting them all the same way. You're not actually doing something different, and it's not like right. you need to sit them down and say, "Okay, um, what do you want to do? Do you want to get a job now? Do you want to go traveling?" Now it's time you know. for adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> These things are just—they're growing up. They are growing up. Right. They're going to have different things that they want to do, and like you said, it's all about supporting whatever it is that they're trying to mm-hmm. accomplish. You know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is helping them, like, you know, with Lucy it was figuring out uh finding that first apartment for her in New York City. Right? And mm-hmm. after that, she forever found her own apartments after that. Not right. not that I right. wouldn't have helped her, but that was something, you know, she took over when she got it was, you know, something new she wanted to explore. She was 18. Um, she wanted to go try it out. Right. We found uh a Great place for her for two months, you know, we worked through all sorts of things to try and figure out how to make it work and and everything and she went and she loved it and she wanted to stay right so then but she made connections and she knew people there and then she found you know she could be a roommate here. So she moved there, you know, it right. it's it's all about it's not something that you can think about and solve ahead of time. It's all nice. in the moment, That's
1: right? so true.
0: Too. Yeah, you can't
1: right. you can't think too far ahead. Well, you and, and you know, so, so you're there. I mean, I'm just thinking exactly it worked like that for my guys too. And then there would be some something because nothing is ever like a straight line. Yeah. Yeah. So Katie was off at a acting story and next thing you know, she has the flu. So she has this roommate that she's not really connecting well with and um, that's okay. They are in this little dorm and, um, and she gets sick. She throws up in the elevator and who's going to take care of her. She's in New York. I'm in Texas. So I discover how to do food delivery to her and get her some soup. And, you know, you know, because she has, next thing you know, she texts a friend who picks something up and says, oh, that was you who threw up in that elevator. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, she's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. And um, it's in the moment. And you're there to help when they ask for help. And you provide the help. And I didn't need to say, see, you should have gone to UT because then you would have been in Austin and I could have just come on over there and helped you. You know, you don't do that. (laughs) Instead, you're like, okay, so let's figure this out. Let me look online and see food delivery. You know, because it was a few years ago, which now it's super easy to have all kinds of deliveries. But back then it was just starting and it it was complicated. (laughs) But we figured it out. And I that is, yeah. And so I think that it's the perfect example of you continue to meet them where they are and help without an expectation of you ought to be able to do this. Well, or, yeah,
0: that's yeah. The, that, the point too. That's really interesting. Like, because our kids are different too, like people, Teams, oh, yeah. Young adults, they're all different. Like, so, you know, with my daughter, I knew she she wanted to go to New York City, and we talked about it a lot, and over the months, we figured out this plan and everything, and you know, sure. with Michael wanting to travel, I mean, I knew he talked about that, but then it's like, hey, mom, come here, look, I found these flights, you know, he maps out the whole thing, he says, I'm going to buy them now. <laughs> You know, because it's all about their process, right? Right. So it's me coming into that minute and it's like, oh, well, did you think about this? What about this? What about this? We have a 20-minute conversation and he books the flights. You know, just different processes. So that's who we are is who they
1: need. And sometimes they're going to mess up. Sometimes they're not going to do it perfectly. Yeah. Or they could have done a different flight and it would have been a better price. That's okay. You don't have to get in there and fix I don't it, all and it all and make it all better. And-
0: yes. It's it's theirs. They own it These, because this is what they want to right. do. Right. That's how they learn about right. it. If I were to go in and say, you know, let me go look at flights, you know, implicitly saying I can find a better right. deal for you or whatever. No, it's right. like you right. want to buy. maybe you can.
1: I mean, that could it be actually be true. And, and Unless but, they ask But do they then doubt themselves? Yeah, the price you pay is way more than the price of the flight. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the prices that they don't have confidence in their own ability, and you just keep like cutting them out at the knees. And because so you
0: know what? That's just we don't really do everything perfectly. Oh,
1: no, right? Like at we're all.
0: Making our choices
1: right, it's, and it's, I think it's, it's really important to think back at your early twenties. And all the mistakes you made and how you were able, as a parent, and how you're able to grow from that. And you want, so so you may say, I don't want them to have to make the mistakes I made. Well, they're not going to. They've got a completely different agenda <laughs> of mistakes ahead <out> of them. <laughs> And that's okay because it's theirs and they'll figure it out and they'll move forward and you have to just kind of get okay with it. And that to me was one of the hardest things about, about as they got older, their decisions were bigger. You know, their decisions were sometimes harder to deal with, but I guess that's why all of parenting is a good on ramp for the next level that you're coming to. (laughs) But, you know, it's it, it, it's all the same, really. You know, it's about meeting them where they are, valuing their decisions, seeing that even those decisions that may not be your choice, part of choice means they get to say no, you know, or else I it's not a choice.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a huge piece is understanding that our kids are different from us and that a choice that they make – may may be very good for them and may not turn out. And it may be completely different from the one that we would make if it was us in that position. But it's not us in that position. It's them. And so you can see how they're getting to the decision and the choice they're making, right? You know, if you understand them enough, you'll see how they're coming to that and even if right. you think, well, I'm not sure, but it's again, it's not my choice to make. They, like like Michael, called me and asked me for my input mm-hmm. at that point in his process. Lissy right. asked me earlier in her process. So it's being right. there for whenever you can be helpful for them and, and adding your two cents. Um, I think one of the differences maybe, and we talked about this a little bit before the call, um, when parents are asking, you know, when my kids are teens, how am I going to support them? Cause it can look different when you have younger kids. A lot of our support is, you know, helping them get to the place, helping them learn about the thing, you know, they, mm-hmm. they want to play soccer or they want to learn about robots or it's a lot right. of kind of fact-based stuff, activity uh-huh. stuff, play, you know, it's a lot of supporting of the doing. And then when they get older, when they hit the teen years and the young adult years, it is so much more about the being, about who they want to be, about making choices, about developing that level of self-awareness and understanding of themselves. You know, Mm -hmm. it's so much more philosophical, so much more emotional. It's so much more relationship-based, understanding how they mesh with other people, how they mesh with things in the world. What is it that they, you know, like to do? How can they accomplish that? So much about... And
1: developmentally, that's where they are. You know, they weren't developmentally able
0: to do that at eight. Yeah, no. So it was a lot more hands-on when they're younger. So I think now maybe part of the question too is now it's a lot more conversation. And it's a lot more being that other person that they can bounce things off of. Um, mm-hmm. that person who can give them some feedback for a situation when they're looking for some feedback on it, right. right. Not, right. Versus stepping in. So, um, I think maybe that might be some of the answer that they're looking for, that that's kind of the Hi. difference between unschooling in kind of the childhood years versus unschooling in the teen years. Of course, we support them by driving them places and and getting them things, but that becomes less part of our job. Because as as I was saying earlier, you know, at this point, they don't need us to look up a lot of information for them to help them find things right. and learn specific things they know how to do that now they know how to learn they're they're right. you know, googling things they're tinkering with things they're figuring things out you know they can get their food they're learning about cooking you know all that kind of stuff they can kind of take care of learning on their own and just ask when they have a question right Um, So we're less involved when they get older in that kind of side of their learning. Mm -hmm. And so much more in the, you know, as they're weighing things out, Who do do I want to be the person that acts like this or that says this? Or, you know, what choices can I make in this decision? Who's going to, you know, feel bad if I do this? You know, it's it's so much more... uh, moral philosophic you know what I mean so many moral right conversations. you right. know they're even like I was out you know with this family well, you're this much family did
1: more of, in kind of a friend status even yeah. as it evolves you know yeah. that lots of times you hear well you're not their friend well you, you kind of are you know you're if you can do this in a way that isn't manipulative if you can just be the friend that listens and bounces ideas off of and have you thought about this and you know and watches to see how did they react to that did they prefer that I not give input at this time? maybe it's the kind of thing that you can say are you just are you just looking to bounce the ideas off or do you want input mm-hmm. and, and maybe they'll say um no I just really want to say Talk it out loud, and then I'll be able to know what to do next. Yeah. right Be that person for them, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they say uh, don't be their friend, it's it's ridiculous. But, you know, it's not a friend as in rah, 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 whatever you want to do. Well,
1: and it's you not know, a friend like I'm going to go tell them my problems about yeah, something. Yeah. It's not a two-way. It's not a normal friendship. (laughs) It's an I give friendship.
0: (laughs) Well, now I mean, if I'm having challenges about something, like,
1: but it is true. I have many times turned to them them. and said, "Well, what would you do about this?" Yeah, they give their input, and that's cool. Yeah, you know.
0: It's about knowing the person. So, There's some friends you don't take some things to right. because they're not right. going to be able to give you any useful feedback or it's going to trigger right. something for them or, you know, whatever it is. It's understanding right. the person,
1: right? right? And having. I feel like that anti friend thing has to do with keeping it in a real authority. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, keep everybody yeah. in their cast. <laughs> the you know, make sure you know where you are and where I am. It's hierarchy,
0: and, Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and I know, it, know that's where it comes from. But
0: then when you say, no, I am their friend. If they're looking in that hierarchical way, they're saying, oh, well then you're just a permissive, whatever, whatever kind of person. They don't understand what we mean when we see, say be friends. Right. with. They're they're yeah. imagining something completely different too.
1: <laughs> well, and they're thinking you're like gonna go be drinking buddies or yeah. something. You know, I mean, it's not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
0: no, it is. It is still a different relationship.
1: And, and it's so. It, you know, I think awesome. just par- this whole unschooling parenting gig is so different than what anybody <laughs> thinks it is. And we can't even really, like, firm it up, you know, because Because it's 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 so individualized. Yeah, yeah. I think that when we're, you know, when when we say individualized, we mean it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as opposed to school that says it's an individual. It's school's individualizing is like saying, which shirt do you want to wear, the red one or the blue one? And calling that individualizing that well, you know, having where we're like naked today <laughs> um, you know what you know let's wear you know whatever PJs all day or you know whatever. Well, that goes back
0: to when we were talking about earlier about all the additional things that might be in the constellation of that individual, you know right. whether it's you know physical challenges, all the kind of things that make them. Individual, <laughs> right? You right. In all of those because you're engaging with them as that whole person that they are, right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. whatever it is that they're having challenges challenges with, um, want a little bit of help with, or just you notice they're having challenges with. Those right. kinds of things right. you're going to bring to the table, right? No matter what they are, it's not just about academics or about like normal things or anything like that, whatever it's life. Right. And we're helping each other life.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. One last. Go ahead. uh, Well, I was just going to say that I just want to like go back to that part about prepping them. Yeah. Because I really think that lots of times when we think about, unschooling and teenage years. Yeah. We think that we have to shift from that way that they were. And I think that when we really understand unschooling and we understand that we're connecting to this person in front of us and looking at all of their nuances and relating and connecting and helping and fueling and, you know, it's that dance of sometimes we lead, sometimes we let them, and um, and it continues on through teen years. You don't have to have a big shift. You don't have to suddenly turn all academic. You don't have mm-hmm. to turn all suddenly, let's now prep them for this other thing. It's just not necessary. And I think that sometimes people people think that, and, um, and I don't. <laughs> yeah i I don't know why i wanted to go back to that i just (laughs) felt like well i just i just visualized this whole childhood thing and i don't want to like think all right you're doing it like this and now we turn and we do it like this no you don't have to do that no no like i mean when you think about it and doors both close you know did we ever finish that of that idea of i'm afraid doors are going to close Doors aren't going to close. They really, really aren't. They're all open. If anything, you're opening more doors because now you have a kid who is starting to be more confident in their own choices. And they're getting all kinds of opportunities to explore because if you're busy saying, okay, now we're shifting to this more academic way, then that's time they don't get to explore the other stuff. And that's really critical at getting to know yourself and getting to know what you'd like to do and be and, and not just get on some conveyor belt, you know, suddenly unschool till the conveyor belt on ramp. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I, I love that
0: point. I, I love the point that, you know, it really, when you get to the point in unschooling where it is about, helping them as a person do what they want to do, right? And you see yourself as kind of that extra set of hands, that person that they can bounce things off of, and you're just there to help them figure these things out, you know, and and sometimes it doesn't look hands-on, you know, it looks very different because it depends on the individual, but that is what carries you from that moment you figure that out until you're both, you know, in the old you know, age home, you know, whatever, and right. until the end right. of your lives. Because right. that's a relationship between two people. And, right. you know, things are going to change. Like I was talking about earlier, the help that they're going to need when they're younger is more likely going to look this way. And the help that they need as they get mm-hmm. older mm-hmm. is going to kind of look like this way. And as adults, the help's going to look totally different too. And you're still
1: connected to them. Michael turns 30 next month and I'm, you know, I'm still having conversations with him about work or about neighborhood or, you know, it's just a different, that's being
0: in relationship with them. Like it doesn't look the same. I don't know every last detail of their lives now, you know, because they're older but we're still connected. We still have conversations. We still, you know, connect and enjoy right. over things. We still bring each other questions when we have questions or challenges. And sometimes, you know, we go through a time when we're helping them more when they're going through bigger challenging times. Right. And sometimes right. things are going smoothly and we're all kind of doing our own thing. And vice versa, you know, as they get older, they're the ones they help us too. through and we can bounce things off of them. It's just being Mm -hmm. in relationship with another person. So when you look at the root at the foundation, it looks the same throughout how it literally looks day to day over the seasons and over the years changes, but the roots of it never does. It's being in relationship and helping each other out. Does that make sense? That's right. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Awesome.
1: Okay. Phew. Thank you right. so much. Yeah. Sandy. Thanks for letting me like meander all over the place. <laughs> like, now we're going back. Now we're coming yeah, here. You know, <laughs> I think, I think they'll see the connections. I think mostly we yeah. had
0: a thread through there. So that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking awesome. the time because it's, it's a big topic. But I think it's so important and we get a lot of questions about it. So I wanted to really, really dive into it for people. So everybody listening, I hope you found something helpful in there, even if, you know, whether you have teens now or you still have young kids or whatever, you know, it'll give you a bit of an idea of of how things might go, et cetera. Um, You can always comment with questions on um, the website, on the blog post for For the podcast episode, I'm sure we will both happily be in there too, if we maybe missed something. (laughs) Yeah, I'm already thinking
1: of something like, "Uh oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you online?
1: Yeah, they can get in touch with me at suhatterson.com or at unschoolingmomtomom.com, and there are lots of little ways to get support. And, um, even in my group coaching program and Pam's coming to talk with us this month about what to do when, um, unschooling doesn't look the way you thought it was going to (laughs) look, or maybe you're making a lot of comparisons still. What, what is that about? So you could join us over there. That's happening at the end of this month. And I just find that I really like Creating more things for school. I know. You know. I just I know. feel like all these, all these years of information. I just want to like find a way to get it to people so that they can have a happier life. So that they don't think I gotta do this and then duplicate school. No, no, no. You don't have to. So. I'm, you know, between the monthly unschooling guide and the group coaching and then one-to-one coaching, which is really great because then that just helps to get on the right track. And and then unschooling mom-to-mom on Facebook, we have that, and, and YouTube and Instagram. It sounds kind of insane, really, when I started to see it all It didn't all start in one year. So that is that is why... Just a combination, a culmination of a lot of things. <laughs> and so you can always reach out and we'll see what we can do. Because I do a QA and a over on the Unschooling Facebook group on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you want to have a couple questions, get a little free advice. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is always so fun. We went on and on, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That was
0: awesome. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to pick up your free copy of my book, What is Unschooling? In it we'll explore some of the common questions people have when they first hear about unschooling, like how will my child learn? How do I know they're learning? What is deschooling? And how do I get started? It's also available at many online ebook retailers. And if you'd like to connect online, you can find me on Facebook at Living Joyfully. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.